When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Welcome to another edition of A Current Life. I'm your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm very excited to introduce to you my special guest this week. He is someone who has truly influenced my personal journey, Dr. Eric Braverman. Eric, welcome to A Current Life. That's great to be here. Thank you so much for the honor of being on your show. Well, it is a great honor to us uh, in particular. I know you're incredibly busy, and I know you personally, and I've read almost everything you've written. You had a big effect on my life, and I appreciate your making the time. For our listeners who uh, I want to become educated about the incredible work you're doing, especially around obesity, let me give you a proper introduction. Dr. Eric Braverman is an incredibly talented doctor and the founder of Path Medical Center. He has authored 130 papers in peer-reviewed journals and six books, The Amazing Way to Reverse Heart Disease Naturally, The Edge Effect, a personal favorite of mine, which I will touch on later, Younger You, A Younger Thinner You, A Younger Sexier You, and Younger Brain, Sharper Mind. Dr. Braverman has simplified brain chemistry into four core neurotransmitters, dopamine, catecholamine, providing energy, GAPA, and stability, acetylcholine, and cognition from serotonin and sleep and the endorphin. He discovered that the brain is the most important organ, and it impacts every illness. Uh, Dr. Braveman, you uh, in particular, uh, I just want to relate a little story before we kind of get into the early years sure. of your life. I was um, out of the country, and I had one book with me, and it was The Edge Effect. Thank you. And I, I read it. I didn't put it down, and from that book, and I think I told you this, but maybe not in person, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and Mm -hmm. changed the way I led my life, the way I ate, the way I looked at life. I spent a lot of time. I came to see you and and did a thorough study to find out how old I actually was or how young I actually was, and I realized that really there was a journey that I needed to travel, and this show – kind of is about the journey of life. It's about the ups and downs and the things we go through and how we can all reach whatever we call our success. And it doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily. It's just whatever gets us where we want to be. So I felt it was particularly appropriate to have you on the show. Uh, You've meant a lot to me, and what you've written has meant a lot to me, and I think you could have a major effect on the people around around the world. The show goes into 180 countries, and I wanted you to be on the show. So Thank thank you you so much. Well, so the brain controls the whole body, doesn't it? 
Well, uh, as I've learned from you and your books, it certainly does. Why don't we start with just a few minutes so that our audience can understand mm-hmm. a little bit about you. Where did you grow up, and, and how did you really make up your mind that, uh, to become a doctor and to focus on the brain? Well, um, you know, that's a great question. In New York City, I'm pretty much a New Yorker. My parents were from New York area, and my father says I was an inquisitive fellow, Uh, He says that when he put a rectal thermometer in me, I told him that he had to look deeper and tell me the entire anatomy of the body. And so I must have been an introverted, intuitive fellow right from the get-go, which is some people like that internal space of knowledge. And then my mother became a big Carlton Fredericks and Gloria Swanson fan, and she used to preach the constant brain chemistry and sugar and mood and she saw, you know, some problems with my brother, who was a member of the, you know, the 60s. He was friends like Mario Savio and all these wild hippies that were out in Berkeley. And he really got stressed out. And she said the whole key was, you know, shouldn't get the fiber of Carlton Fredericks, get rid of the sugar. And she became the big promoter. Uh, and then as I got older and she taught me the nutrition side, there's no doubt that my high school uh, teachers who taught Hannah Arendt, who, who wrote the books on the authoritarian mind and had me reading Eric Fromm on the art of loving, and then they had me read Viktor Frankl on the, the search for meaning in life. It became clear to me, in spite of my, you know, with my love of science and chemistry and genetics, I had, you know, I did the binomial equations and the math computers, our first computers were like like a ticker tape. I found that medicine had everything I wanted in terms of science, medicine, the opportunities to defeat the death, uh, death, and the interaction with people to assist them when they got healthier to have more meaning in life. Well, so, you, I was where, pulled. You, so I was you, pulled by the bandwidth of knowledge and information I could grasp in all medical areas. Well, you clearly thought out of the box at an early age as well as, you know, uh, I know I went through your entire analysis of, of of my body and of my brain and of everything when I came to see you in New York, and I was I was really fascinated by what I learned. Uh, some of it was good, some of it was bad, but at the end of the day, I had the ability to change it. And I think right. you know the studies and the research you're doing. Paul Pfeiffer was the Princeton Brain Biocenter researcher, and when I got that job because of my mother. That was the first time I was introduced to the miracle of the tricyclic. And down in Princeton, when I moved from Leonia High School to Princeton and Brandeis University to Princeton Brain Research Center, they had Leo Zillard's uh, basically sponsor, the guy who came up with the cascade, the nuclear cascade, which is really basically how the United States beat the Nazis, was his vision. He patented the atomic bomb. And at that point, I had a vision of my whole life, which is going to be uh, brain health focused. We're going to deliver health care head first. We're going to imitate Star Trek, you know, literally Dr. McCoy, and we're going to scan people. We're going to repair everybody. We're going to lengthen the lifespan by tenfold, that there's got to be an enzymatic cascade cascade that can repair us if uh, if there's already a known enzymatic cascade called progeria where you die at age eight looking like a grandpa the enzymatic cascade was and i met linus pauling and i've met all the world's uh, famous great scientists nobel laureates and i you know when i say all but when i say all i mean generically meaning a lot of them and that sure. the carl pfeiffer was uh 
was involved with uh, studies of of how to get Nazis to tell the truth during World War II. I mean, he was an incredible mind. And I, uh, George Gallup was there, and uh, he was an amazing fellow in his own way, and he got me a George Gallup Fellowship. And, in fact, I remember one of your friends was from Princeton, and I tried to convince to take uh, care of yes. myself. But the bottom line is that I really, at that point, have not deviated since 17 years old to be the master of brain health in those four neurotransmitter areas of energy, dopamine, acetylcholine, memory, attention, cognition, GABA, anxiety, stability, and serotonin, sleep and mood, with the spare tire being the, the pain center or endorphin center. And from that period on, I've I've been you know narrowly focused, which is makes me less of a business guy than Dr. Atkins, but makes me live my life totally on one track. Can I be Robert Oppenheimer and break this aging barrier? Because the transformation of mankind depends on, in my view, the lengthening of the lifespan with the enhancement of intellect with age, not deterioration. So well, I'm know, counting on that to happen. You know, you know the thing that, that has amazed me is that we classify age chronologically on how many years you've been on on, on the planet Earth. And you know, when you read your stuff, it really should be classified differently. I mean, I know in reading a lot about you, you know, you, you really have the brain of a 25-year-old, I think is what I read. Biological age, without doubt. And I'll give you an example so your, your audience gets it. I mean, it's just without doubt. I mean, every day, let's say you hear about a person who has a heart attack, right, and, or they get stents put in. And they're, they got a 20-year-old brain. They say to themselves, I've been having sex like a 30-year-old. They got strong hips and bones like a 35-year-old. They got good liver, no gallstones, no kidney stones. And they got this old blood vessel in their heart. And that is unlikely. They only have one old part. But you, the typical thing you see, let's take a... A 40-year-old woman, you know, 40-year-old woman that's already now, her ovaries are 60 years old, 70 years old because they're hitting menopause and they're low in estrogen, her skin's drying, her leptin levels, her, her pancreas is getting older, her memory is not as good as it used to be, her hair is drying out, and yet she could have, and her bones could be 60 years old, and yet, you know, other organs like her lungs could be young. They could be 20 without a spot on them, without a nodule, without a growth. And that's the concept. You're only as young as your oldest part. In fact, I don't know why yet, but my age prints in my books, I thought, you know, they sold 100,000 plus copies, but I thought they would sell millions of copies because we showed people how they could pick out their age if they can't count on their doctor. Because what happens is, you know, people go for a colonoscopy and then they fall over dead of, you know, a broken hip or a blood clot. And they, you know, so what? They, had, they didn't have to die of colon cancer. Or they, a woman gets her pap smear done, she gets her mammogram done, and next thing she knows she has a brain tumor or thyroid cancer. And she never had an ultrasound physical. She never had an MRI or MRA. The bulk of medicine in our current medical system is misallocated because no one gets that you're only as young as your oldest part. You're only so as young. Your brain controls the body, and you're only as healthy as your oldest part because that oldest part is going to kill you, and let it's very you, genetic. Let me ask you, uh, sure. first of all, talk to me about leptin. What is leptin? And Because clearly what you've done in your latest paper, which I commend you on, I've read it and Thank I think you. it's profound in the fact that you found out that a lot more, as many as 39% of Americans who are classified as overweight are actually obese by, mm -hmm. by this new measurement, which you call leptin-adjusted BMI table, yes. that you want to create. First of all, let's 
tell our listeners what Lefton is. Sure. And, what it and does. to me, this was one of the great, uh, greatest moments of my life because I have really spent my life, as you know, willing to be an iconoclast. But being an iconoclast has a price to pay, and uh, fortunately, it, it, what happens is that years ago, you know, natural estrogen, conventional medicine was rejected. And now it turned out that my partner in New York is Governor Cuomo's commissioner. So he's the current commissioner of New York State in charge of what I think is the largest state medical budget of over $50 billion something dollars in New York State, Narav Shah. And over the last three years while we were working on this, we discovered uh, that there's a big mismatch in the government's policy of BMI measuring obesity. And, what, and I'll give you an example. You take a guy like me, 5'10", 175, and I'm not in my ideal shape, but you, my BMI is 24. My body fat with a leptin level of 2, my body fat's 14%. And I had a group of generals come see me, and these generals that are running like a, a McChrystal, uh, uh, they're coming in, and they are BMIs of 23, and their leptins are one from all that exercise and high testosterone that they innately have, and they're they're running a body fat of 12%, and so are my athletes and basketball players. So the BMI was tragic for fitness. What is fit. what is leptin exactly? And leptin is leptin is the hormone that the fat cells make and the hypothalamus to a degree that signals the brain to stop eating. Uh, so you wanna you wanna cut you know you, when the leptin levels are low it means you easily are uh, you basically don't overeat the carbs and salt and you're satiated by a normal diet. All right, cause, and then you're able to get more thrill out of exercise and work and love and everything else that we want to do. Now, your typical woman that is failing all these diets has what's called leptin resistance. The leptin no longer shuts off their appetite or burns fat. So leptin should be triggering a, a fat-burning cycle. And what happens is the, five, the typical 35-year-old woman is 5'5", 135, a BMI of 24 or so, or 130 pounds. Her leptin levels are 10 or 15, and her direct fat measurement, which is done when you do a bone density, bone density you can measure at the same time, fat, bone, and muscle, is 33%. And that's your typical American woman right now is running 33% body fat, which is the standard of bariatric uh, basically the standard in the obesity society of obesity. So these obese 35-year-olds with 60% of the American women being obese because they're not fit have elevated leptins above 5 with leptin levels going as high as 200. So when we see, unfortunately, a big mama who's got massive triceps and you see these giant arms of cellulite and flat, their leptin levels can hit 200 as opposed to a top military is it re- general. Is it reversible? That's, that's the key thing. Now, what we know about reversal in medicine can be maybe too scientific for your audience, but we'll, sometimes people love to get this information. Hemoglobin A1C, the blood sugar, uh, typically some people run blood sugars of 400, and they get hemoglobin A1C of 10 and has to go down to 5.7. It's reversible, but it takes far more than medication, which can only lower at two points. It takes medication, exercise, time. And so it takes an, uh, can take you two years to get it, or a year to get your diabetic, if at all, 
into the ranges you want because they got too sick. Blood pressure damage to the brain, microstrokes all over the brain and 50-year-old on. Uh, again, you can stop the microstroke, almost impossible to completely reverse right now every aspect of small amount of atrophy and stroke that virtually every 50-year-old person has on MRI, MRA, and hypometabolism. Reversal is like resurrection, a rare event, but is doable. In the case of obesity, once people get leptin levels over 30 and 60, like these high levels, you start having trouble getting the leptin level into the down under 5. And that is why obesity is success from a scientific perspective. There is, as far as I know, no study with five-year success with the bulk of obese people because they get metabolic damage of their leptin system. The leptin system becomes damaged and affects insulin, dopamine, etc. This is why I, I teamed up on that day with Nora Volkow, who was on 60 Minutes, I think, last week, and she she discovered that dopamine is deficiency starts the addictive cycle, and that's why I'm still in the anti-aging movement, because the loss of dopamine follow, parallels the pattern of the loss of testosterone, estrogen, repair hormones, uh, parathyroid, thyroid, and 30 other hormones from vitamin D, uh, which most people don't realize is a hormone that we use. And it turns out the cascade of hormonal changes between 30 and 60, particularly in women between 30 and 40, result in a, a leptin resistance and now leptin becomes so elevated that you can't even get the patient back to a completely zero so let, obese uh, Let me ask place. you a couple of questions. The, sure. um, first of all, and I assume the dopamine uh, 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 hormone really is the thing behind energy in your body as well, right? Um, Without a doubt, the adrenaline dopamine system, which is the same pathway, is the neuroelectrical generator of our lives that deteriorates. Basically, we call it in the brain the voltage maker. And right. we, the good news is, since I saw you last, my voltage is down, so I'm probably more comprehensible. And <laughs> it gets to a, some kind of a crisscross where when a person's too young, he can be just too crazy high energy, right. and they're not as articulate with the ideas to translate them. But voltage is juice, and we and the number one agent used in America today is obviously caffeine. And then there's herbs, you know, tyrosine, phenylalanine, amino acids, rhodiola, uh, you know, tarragon, turmeric, cumin, all these things, eggs, you know, that boost neuro, you know, protein that boosts neurotransmitters. Without a doubt, dopamine is the brain breakthrough. So that you refer can break you refer, the cycle. You, re, you refer to the brain and brain electricity as the fountain of youth. Which, Without which ties a doubt. all that together. So talk a little bit about that because that, that's a stance. The brain's that's capacity a lot of is the untapped potential to sustain a regenerated physical body and it's regenerating itself to sustain lifespans long enough for space travel and long enough for a proportion, a society that flips its proportions instead of being 80% of the world being 30, uh, below 30, I, I'm talking about 80% of the world being regenerated and, bu and brilliant at 90 years old with 90% of the world becoming 
what we would think is aged senescence, which I look at is revitalized senescence. Without that generating motor system and neuronal system getting new, what we now call uh, neurogenesis, you can't do it. But the good news is, I have good news, everybody's brain can be revitalized and everyone's metabolic system can be revitalized. As of now, the best we ever get with leptin is from 60 to 5, and then a woman ends up with the kind of weight loss of 100 pounds that she wants or whatever she wants in terms of weight loss. So we can't do the 200-pound the person is really, you know, the 200, you know, the leptin of 200 and really massive obesity is impossible without potentially, I guess, if I combine it with bariatric surgery, I might right. be able to fix them. Let me ask this question, and, um, and obviously I've, I've read a lot of the diets and different things like that. What I saw occurring through a lot of, of the work that you were doing and during the time that you were doing your work, the, the, especially in the American diet, they were pushing for so long the carbohydrate diet, which was simply a sugar diet that was forming more fat around the midsection, especially in men, and they were never getting to where they were able to stop their craving for sugar, which just went on and on and on and caused other problems. I went through a period, and it was it was the South Beach diet I just happened to pick up and read, mm-hmm. and sure. I turned I went two weeks without having anything like that, and I lost 15 pounds. I lost it in my uh, my stomach. And then what I did is I just started to eat right. It wasn't that I was on a diet. I started to understand what I needed so that I would have a proper balance in my life. That doesn't mean I'm there because I have stress and work and other things mm-hmm. like that. But, right, but, but you saw the power, remember the power of good night's sleep is 25 pounds a year. And the power of you know sodium removal can be 20, 20 pounds a year. And the power of sugar removal. Each one of these is powerful. And so the carbohydrate fix that America was going through, how did that even start, and, and why were we so uh, off That was on a that? rebound. The carbohydrate reduction was a rebound off of the, you know, the Wonder Bread era that yeah. everyone was raving about, right. you know, white bread. And right. so they had to basically swing to the reality that white bread was killing us. I see. And so... Yeah, so, and the same, you know, the the Wonder Bread and the removal, and there was gluten sensitivity out there, so they removed all the gluten from the bread, but then they removed all the fiber and ended up with a catastrophe of uh, colon cancer. So, uh. you know, so you know, basically, uh, we need a new table setting. Everyone should have, like, a shaker of caraway seeds and cumin seeds and, you know, tarragon leaves and, and that would be a good start, you know, with the salt and pepper to have like a little six rack and have different types of six racks and different restaurants. And then, you know, you have to get into the fiber and chewable, the fin crisps and wasa breads that are out there. And, the, you know, and the whole idea of what a waste not to take a when you when we're, we all know we have to drink eight glasses of water. What a waste not to take advantage of the vitamin water concept because you end up with a problem. Most people can't swallow 50 vitamins without getting acid reflux. I mean, there's a reason why George Washington slept, you know, upright because that, you know, the treatment of of reflux in the 1700s is is don't eat after six and sleep with three pillows. The problem is not good for your brain to sleep upright like that. So you have a real catastrophe uh, with pill taking. As a rule, almost everyone fails. So the power of 
of what I've always wanted was, you know, I have choline powder in my yogurt in the morning and cod liver oil and liquid and, and vitamin water as a drink because I'm trying to get as much uh, super nutrition in in liquid form that's digestible. Do you work out every day? I try to, and there's now no doubt that the book Spark and the experience of speaking at Maxwell Taylor's uh, conference room in West Point and seeing the West Point model of massive exercise is that I underestimated how much exercise can overcome poor diet. So now I'm trying to ratchet up at this stage of my life into that seven to ten hours a week of aerobic exercise, which is tough on the hips. It means you have to be an expert in the 50s of how are you going to preserve hips with Zostrix and what kind of stretching. Men used to be trained not to stretch. They were told stretchings for girls in ballet class. And that's why I think that I've lasted as I've been willing to keep learning that stretching is key, massage is key, uh, acupuncture, chiropractic can all help you. If you're really going to sustain a 7 to 10 hour exercise pattern of rigor, you're going to have to do be a very smart thinker about how you're going to preserve those knees, hips, and joints because we're all tin men as we get older. And there is a hyaluronic acid lubricant that you can inject in that was developed by my, a friend of mine, actually, Ben Webster, who started Amgen, and then he had a company, Hyal, and they st- it still works. It, it could prevent a lot more knee and hip surgeries, but there's not it's not pushed enough. But it's hard to get people who really know how to inject it well but if you get it injected well, you can hold up much longer with running and other sports. And obviously, swimming is the safest sport, but most extroverts have trouble sustaining an hour swim. Right. And swimming tends to be, they, they want to play golf, the extroverts. And, and unfortunately, uh, golf uh, results in, unfortunately, the body puttering <laughs> along with your putter. <laughs> Are you still playing one-on-one basketball? I'm still playing one-on-one basketball. I love one-on-one. I now have a seven-year-old who's just actually is eight, who is an extremely uh, fun kid to play basketball with. So I have a new competitive animal uh, jump shot kid <laughs> that keeps well, that keeps me young. So no question that son. Children will keep us all young. And you know, remember, men that are married tend to live seven to ten years longer if they. As long as it's not too many marriages, I'm sure, in between. Tell me about the serotonin and sleep and the endorphin for a second. Because sleep sleep is obviously a huge problem in our society. The balanced brain has less pain. I think that's it. So we have a concept, certain mnemonics for people. Your brain controls your body. You're only as young as your oldest part. Weak frame means weak brain, meaning loss of muscle mass and loss of bone is terrible uh, for the brain. And the balanced brain has less pain. Serotonin is clearly serenity transmitter, and it's meant for sleep. Sleep is cornerstone of mood. Since I last saw you, sleep science has been linked to the larging neck of aging. So as we get more and more sleep disorder and nasal blockages, we we tend to enlarge our neck, and then we get more and more of it. So uh, mouthpieces, braces, uh, CPAP, uh, sleep studies now are done at home rather than having to sleep in the center for if you you know to get better REM sleep. Sure. And and we really uh, tryptophan, melatonin, hydroxy, you know, St. John's wort, 
brain mood formulas are all powerful serotonin agents. And without a doubt, uh, the best-selling, one of the best-selling sets of drugs in the history of mankind is the Prozac SSRIs, which tend to grow neurotransmitters and tend to have very has some sexual side effects because they make you too relaxed and then you can't have an orgasm or they um, they make you too relaxed and you gain weight but as a general rule micro dosages of them uh natural St. John's wort's a natural SSRI will have the ability to uh help your sustained mood with age because as soon as your mood goes down as soon as you have too many regrets as soon as you have too much too much uh, despair as Eric Erickson would call it, you just can't regenerate and keep being creative. And if you're not being creative, you're just going to feel like your life is not a happy one. So serotonin is critical to the regenerative process. It's cornerstone to feeling that life is meaningful. And without feeling life is meaningful, uh, it isn't. In fact, you could almost say that dopamine and adrenaline extrovert people Acetylcholine helps them become more intuitive and get beyond the sensory world. Uh, GABA tends to help them organize their life. And serotonin is at the cornerstone of mood sleep and the, the love of life by enjoying the range of emotions and experiences. And so that is just critical to build serotonin. What I want to do when we come back, we're going to take our one break, uh, uh, sponsored by Smartwater and Ohio Midwestern College, the, uh, is talk a little bit about those people who have gone through trauma, gone through different things in their life, which we've, the whole world is going through difficult times right now, and how we can kind of counterbalance that. We're with Dr. Eric Braverman. Uh, it's indeed an honor to have him with us uh, talking about the brain. This is Jimmy Gould, your host on A Current Life. Uh, please stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink, too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button, all without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
you're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, and I'm here with my special guest, Dr. Eric Braverman. Uh, Eric, let me ask you, before we took the break, we were talking really about the, the, the key hormones that uh, we all have and the balance of it. What, what about today, all the people that are going through such difficult times, foreclosure, divorce, uh, not having enough to, to live on, you know, just difficult times, you know, wars mm-hmm. all over the, the planet. How do people deal with those traumas, people that have lost loved ones, people coming back in the military? What mm-hmm. can they do and what do you recommend they do in order to be able to find that balance that you're talking yeah. about? Well, they've got to stay focused on the core, the core things, that the greatest victory over evil in your life remains your own resilience and your own resurrection. And that cornerstone of that is you've got to sleep. Right, you have to use either tryptophan, melatonin, if you have to give in, you know, an acetol or a Xanax. If you, whatever you've got to do, you've got to find how you're going to sleep by cutting your caffeine. You just have to sleep. And you have to do it because there's only one victory over evil, and that victory is to thrive. And then you just got to go through the cornerstones of my, you know, Edge of Foot book, my younger brain, sharper mind. You want to keep stable, whether it's, you know, there's times to lose your temper, there's times to unravel a little bit here and there. You you know, nobody's a machine here in life. Uh, We're human. But as a rule, you want to keep your composure on the cross or in in your suffering. And you've got to learn how to do it, what it takes. Uh, Some people it takes beta blocker, all right, particularly strong-willed men with high blood pressure, but a lot can do it with uh, nutrients. Be complex and acetal, et cetera, proper diet. You have to keep thinking. You, you, it, the brain, use it or lose it, you know, is the old Woody Allen joke, and the bottom line is same with the brain. You, you want to keep learning, and your show is one of those shows where it, there's no question. Radio is intellectually more of an exercise to the brain than TV frequently, and uh, probably almost all the time. So the bottom line is use that brain. Keep growing in your field. Keep learning in your field. Get into get new partners. Get new friends. Get young people in your life. But you want to keep learning. In fact, we're all very fortunate now because with the electronics coming, uh, you, you know, you're going to be people at 70 years old and learning how to you know operate their iPhones, and that's always that's like a good exercise too. And we really know that brain use that brain and raise acetylcholine. You know, get the supplemented, you know, fish oil eggs and get choline powder and get the resveratrol and the red, the, you know, make grapes or if you, can't, if you can't tolerate red wine, gives a lot of people headaches or get some dehydrated. You know, you get grapes and uh, peanuts, which have resveratrol, and you just raise resveratrol and raise the Chinese herb, huperzine, which we get from a pill, you know, brain memory nutrients. And just keep that mind and attention, memory, processing, judgment, sleep, going and then figure out how to sustain energy whatever you have to do you're going to have to get energy if your sinuses are blocked most people don't get those neti pots simple things facial steamers put in a steam shower but you have to breathe so everyone knows in yoga it's called in, in greek it's called pneuma and 
in Hebrew it's called ruach, but if you're not breathing well through your nose, you're not going to be getting dopamine into your brain because your brain has to have oxygen to generate the furnace, and you've got to use the nutrients that, that raise your energy. You have to use the drugs that raise your energy, but if you lose your energy, then you can't overcome evil. And so let me, ask, let me ask you, um, first of all, um, it kind of leads me right into the edge effect. Uh, you know, I started in the beginning by saying that you wrote The Edge Effect in 2004. I read it, and it truly changed my life. It actually inspired me to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and, and I do want to recommend it to every one of our listeners that are unfamiliar with it. And one of the Thank things you. that I enjoyed about it is that it suggested a lifestyle change versus a specific diet or workout week. It also allowed readers to understand the changes that they should make in a very reasonable way using the reasoning. And yeah. it affected me so dramatically because I, I felt this intense need to get out of my comfort zone and push myself and find that energy and find all those things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it created some other things I had to deal with because it was a tough climb, it was worth every second of it. And, mm-hmm. and I'd like for you to explain the edge effect to our listeners because it's really what you're talking about because it really is a constant day in and day ba- battle against evil. There's no doubt that the more we can perfect the, the brain chemistry and to combine brain chemistry with our growth emotionally and spiritually, that we can trigger a cascade that gives us an edge in life that we haven't had before. That edge, that zen, that moment of greatness that comes out of all of us depends on the balancing of energy, intuitiveness, stability, sleep, and combining it all to get fantastic health result. And the edge effect is actually the study uh, that was done at NYU where the brain, the cortex of the brain connects to the body and it works in a fantastic synchrony at key moments, uh, and they called that the edge effect, and that was what Dr. Linus at NYU called it. Um, it's simple things can be done to get there. Green tea replaces sugar beverages. All right, um, coffee repl- in the morning replaces sugar beverages. Um, with eggs, eggs and fish become cornerstones of protein. That. Salt, white flour, junk food gets replaced by uh, better quality fiber foods and and sleep. Those are and then the study of the human body from the perspective of pain and getting what I call a younger you. And then as we get more and more stem cell repairs and hormone repairs, it's going to get easier to sustain the edge effect because now as you get older, you, you're getting you're losing so much dopamine. If we can't get a younger body without testosterone, most men can't have an edge effect at 50, 60, 70 years old. And most women at estrogen, they can't get enough dopamine. Uh, Even at 30 on, we're using more and more vaginal estrogen to kind of keep women uh, from losing their minds. And we're using more progesterone and uh, more natural things that lower blood sugar and natural things that keep your height and natural thyroid we have. And thyroid also gives you dopamine. So the inter, constant interaction of bodily health and brain results in a new edge in life. And we only know how great we can become when we keep striving to utilize our best of our health. And uh, there's a soldier, a general, told me, no man knows what kind of valor or the greatest hero until he enters into his next battle. And 
to get ready for your next battle in life, whether it's a battle for health or a battle in relationship or a battle economically, you must have the edge. And the edge comes from a balancing of high energy, intuitive thinking, and uh, practical thinking, but to have the full power of thinking and stability even in the face of a storm and sleep in the face of a storm. And that gives you resilience. And resilience uh, combines the opposite of pain is is laughter. And laughter and humor tend to give tremendous resilience as well. You know, it leaves me with this question that the way the standards and kind of mores of morals of our, or not morals, but mores of our society and values of our society may have to change a little bit to allow people to maybe approach life a little differently than what they're used to. I know in relationships are very difficult and, you know, people need their sleep. If they're not, if they're sleeping in an environment that's not conducive to them sleeping, they have to change the environment because if they're not getting sleep, that'll lead them to having constant battles with their significant other. And I think things like that, raising children, combining families, people coming back from these, these battles, these wars, you know, all of them are, are greatly affected. And I've had several people on this show, from General Hugh Shelton to other people, including Marlo Thomas, you know, with, with her great work at, at, uh, at St. Jude's. Uh, we've right. talked so wow. much about this. Uh, I'm curious about this. You know, do you think that we all have to open up our thinking about the way we live our life and well, start with that one? I think you constantly have to reinforce yourself. I mean, the scientist is is more vulnerable to failure to have uh, to have too much closure. The bulk of people aren't as closed as the doctors and scientists can be. But you're absolutely right. Retooling, as Kipling says, to find new tools, even when you're old and worn out, is actually the birth of the brain chemistry. But it's a lot easier if you have the right hormone levels, the right blood sugar, the right blood pressure, the right because the hormones are stem cell generators. So when Eric Erickson said, you know, regeneration or despair is the challenge of age, and that most fit, lose to the despair, uh, it turned out that that was far more biological than I think he perceived, and it took me my 37 years in medicine, 38 years now, uh, to recognize the 20 bioidentical hormones, the blood vessel changes, the atrophy we're up against, the sleep challenges, the, the relationship challenges of men and women in particular to be able to cohabitate and coexist and share and get and have a common purpose and worldview and, and sex and daily living issues that, to be able to smooth them over adequately. And the realities of the genetic code but we're at the point now where someone's going to be able to, you know, gene map you in, you know, an hour. <laughs> and the idea of having a basic gene map on everyone when they're born and the idea of repairing them constantly in a continuously successful way is likely. And we we now know, you know, what's that we're aging greatly to radiation and radiation is the age accelerator, and we have to learn how to antidote the damage of radiation in the body. And that gets back to N-acetylcysteine, uh, and anyone living near a nuclear reactor has to understand potassium iodide, which is now recognized, and radiation is a very fast age accelerator in our 
The sun, obviously, is the example of radiation. But, you know, we all recognize it only takes a little spit called suntan lotion to protect us from one of the great sources of radiation. And it turned out one of my newest stuff that you'll read about, not just the leptin breakthrough, will be on how to antidote low levels of radiation like they have in Japan, radioactive cesium. So this, unfortunately, could be the great horror of our time, is if things are bad now, uh, nuclear terror slash error could even be more frightening. Uh, but we think that potassium iodide is pretty uh, convincing antidote to radioactive iodide from nuclear terror error mistakes and think that cesium and strontium can antidote the radioactive cesium and strontium. And there's other ways to purify and, and clean water. And so we at that point now where that's, that lesson that we're going to learn about radiation is going to allow us to go to Mars because we can't even get to Mars because the radio, uh, astronauts can't survive that long with that much radiation in space. The human body can't tolerate it. So the answer to aging is also the answer to how we're going to have more abundant life, better quality life, better meaning life. The edge effect is really the beginning of the concept that human quality of life can be sustained from brain to body in a continuous, regenerating, resilient cycle into 100, 200, 300 years old. Now that is something that uh, a lot of people don't even want. They're always afraid that we'll overpopulate the Earth, but I remind them that most of the Earth is still empty, and uh, Malthus, a great thinker in Europe in the 1700s, said that they were reaching the upper limit, and everyone believed the Earth couldn't expand beyond 30 million, the world couldn't expand beyond 30 million people. Well, we're now at 5 billion, I think, so... Let me let me ask you. I, I saw a video that you did with a patient who I think was a filmmaker, and yes. I remember when you were talking to him and you were telling him the age of his organs. Right. And he started to cry, and and you mm -hmm. looked at him, and you know, uh, you asked him what his greatest fear was. That he wouldn't um, be around for his kids. Yeah, for his grandkids, actually. Right. Uh, and how do you? Uh, you must come across just so. I mean. It seems to me that you see a lot of that, and you see the inevitable right in front of you, and you know what's going to take place because you can measure pretty much where they're at in, in terms of when they're going to stroke and not exactly when, but that they're on that verge of that. Yeah, and you pretty much we pick out the path. We can pretty much tell they're dying. Yeah. Well, so that's how does why that affect I, I've you now asked my whole staff to start every office visit since we find all those illnesses to counteract the truth. Uh, that they are going to die from these things if they don't fix it, as we tell them the good news. We have good news for you. We uh, know what to fix, know how to fix it, and that you're going to get 15 extra years. And that's my promise to everybody. We're going to get you 15 extra years of life because we know your old parts. We saw your ear crease, and we know you have coronary artery disease. We did your MRI. You already had your first stroke, but I can prevent you'll never have another one. We found out you had celiac and your osteoporotic at 30 years old. We found out why your triceps are so flabby, your belly so flabby, and you're just going to avoid this kind of death. And so I have great news for you. I have the good news that you're going to get 15 extra years, and if you can stick around longer, uh, between the U.S. military and, and U.S. science, we're going to come up with a breakthrough aging barrier that's going to be even better, uh, obviously, than the breakthrough science that the United States delivered in World War II. Where the oh, bomb, you know, 
You know, you know I, I uh, spent a lot of time with you, and I, I wanted to ask you this question. How do you find the time to, and I mean, it's amazing to me. You've written so many books, so many articles. You see so many people. You, you know, your footprint and ability to touch people uh, is just beyond what any normal doctor would do. How do. What is your day like, and how do you find the time? Because when I met you, obviously your energy was off the chart. You know, and, and if anything, you probably were trying to find ways to even bring it down a notch so that you mm-hmm. could find your balance, especially with two boys that you're raising, mm-hmm. you know, at home. So I think, so give me I think uh, my best, I do tend to focus a lot and I tend to delegate a lot, meaning that I'm willing to have people do all my clothes, prepare all my meals, uh, train me, and uh, my trainer dials the phone, and I tend to be. Uh, a very internal efficiency oriented fellow of of multitasking and with high output and i tend to pick related bandwidths so science medicine and meaning in life or, or what would be called maybe the psycho spiritual actually all tie together medicine is the application of science and evidence-based information. So we have a new breakthrough, like I said, that leptin blood test is going to be as common as cholesterol tests, and everyone's going to do it to measure and control their body fat. We have a new breakthrough for in-office testing of uh, dementia. Everyone's going to get an EKG of the head, measure their voltage, their brain processing speed, their their thought-action differential. And we're going to uh, take that and make it work for people and make it valuable to their lives in medical care. So the science is serving the medicine. In addition, as they have better life, the question, the great questions of can they have sufficient meaning, quality, sexuality, emotionality are all in the psycho-spiritual realm. So I'm just never going to be an expert on uh, you know, running, uh, running businesses, but I am going to be connecting those three bandwidths constantly, and they're fortunately feed each other. Pure science serves medical care to produce great results and uh, spirituality, philosophy, higher power serve science and medicine for if we extend life it has to be uh, of meaning and love or it's not worth it. So you put all that together I, I tend to be really in only one field and then all the mundane activities, if I can delegate them administrative, every administrative function, I'll delegate. I don't write an office note. I don't sign anything in the office, any charts. I go in and they say, lay it out for me and say, this is what the patient's like, fix it. And they do the same thing. The statisticians and the scientists do the same thing. And it keeps, keeps the overall, right. it, it gets me producing. So you told me, I think you told me that I was an intuit extrovert, which you said right. was an unusual combination. Can you tell me about that? I you found that interesting. Yeah, well, you just you loved ideas and you love variety and you love to get the big picture and you have a grasp of reality that way. And yet you have a grasp of beyond reality too. You're able to do both. And what are you? I'm an introverted intuitive, so I never have as broad a grasp of uh, the reality of businesses and uh, connections, but you're you have more you you can go more internal external successfully. So I I'm better off in my in my realm in the office. Do each uh, of those you know, things present a certain set of issues with them, and, yes, or or if they link do. up with the wrong person in a relationship? They always do. 
They always, they always do. do. They always do. Everyone, Mark Twain summarizes your virtue is your vice, your vice is your virtue. If you're an <laughs> extrovert, the woman falls in love with you because you're communicating. Right. But it inevitably means no matter what, an extrovert will by nature want variety of communication, be bored with one person. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're falling in love with what is your strength, but at the same time, it guarantees uh, dissonance later. If you're intuitive and big picture, uh, a person can love it and, and need that, but then you're going to be going with your visions, not other people's visions, and they're going to have to pick up the details. And, and, and there's everything. Every virtue has a vice. Well, we got we got a couple yeah. minutes left. First of yeah. all, I want your promise you'll come back on the air and we'll talk more about this and make it maybe a regular segment of the program. Would you do that? I will love working to with you. I can't. Thank I'm, you. I'm very excited how we've both come along. We we were uh, we've both uh, converged again, and we've well, converged for the am, same purpose. I am too. You you've had a big effect. I always ask every one of my guests and and i've had some amazing people on the show and they've always had a different answer so i'm going to ask you one of the most i guess you would say i don't even know what uh, mundane questions but that means a lot and that is what is the meaning of life to you as you've traveled this great journey of yours we have about two minutes left so i'd love to know what you call the meaning of life well meaning of life for me tends to be uh serve god and take care of our, our families and the family of mankind and to see us through the birth of humanity. I want to deliver this era into that millennial promise of a new era of mankind, uh, of no more war, no more death, no no infant deaths, no everyone living past 100, and uh, the meaning of life translating all the blood and guts of, of frustration and humanity's killing of one another and destructiveness, uh, putting an end to it and uh, bruising, if not killing, death. So the meaning of life is to is to destroy uh, the destructive nature of humanity and kill death. And uh, that is what I purpose of life for well, me right now. Well, uh, of all the people I've interviewed, you've given uh, an incredible answer to it. And, and I want to thank you for your work, for your dedication. I want to commend you on your paper on obesity Particularly yeah, it was nice. To, uh, most exciting to publish it with the commissioner and establish that BMI failed and that we have a new blood test. Everybody loses weight when they lower their leptin. So I think we have now the greatest weight loss program ever uh, at our office in New York City. So I'm very excited, and I'm first time in my life to have the government behind me. Well, I, I we're going to share that with our listeners. We're going to have Dr. Eric Braverman back on our show. I want to thank our listeners for tuning into A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Uh, I want everybody to read as much as they can on The Edge Effect and the many other books of Dr. Eric Braverman. I want to thank him for being on the show and sharing his journey. Uh, This is your host, Jimmy Gould, signing off. Please join us next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern for our next episode. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, inspiration, success, and to you, Eric. My friend, thank you so very much. And I look forward to seeing you in New York. I look forward to it, too. Thank you again. God bless you all. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week.
The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info.